Hey friends, before we start the show, I want to invite you to check out my brand new free training all about how you can start your own freelance business from home. In this completely free one hour training, I am going to share with you exactly how I was able to leave my full-time teaching job and replace my income by freelancing and how you can do the same thing too. We're going to talk about how you can find skills that you already have and what services you can offer as well as what you need to actually get started today. So you can go Go check out my brand new free training. It's my gift to you at aubreymalik.com forward slash free training. That's aubreymalik.com forward slash free training. And we will link that up in the show notes for you. All right, now let's go ahead and dive on into the show. Hey there, welcome back to the Freelancer to CEO podcast. I am super excited to be bringing you a wonderful guest interview with Michelle Cooper, and we are going to be diving into your favorite topic, money. Michelle gives us a really great perspective on money and what we should be looking at in our business, and I talk a lot in this episode about how maybe my generation has not wanted to pay attention to our numbers, we kind of put it off, we swipe the debit card and we don't think about the money that's leaving the account and that looking at your numbers and knowing what's happening in your business, what you should be tracking, what you should be paying attention to, why that's really super important. And she breaks a lot of that down for us and really gives us some clear picture as to what we should be tracking, what our money should be looking like in our business, how we should be filing things. It's such a great episode. It opened my eyes to so many things about money that I need to be doing more of, that I should be looking at more in depth, and the reasons behind that. So I hope you enjoy this episode with Michelle and take some good notes and put some things that she talks about into practice after this episode. So we will catch you inside the show. Welcome to the Freelancer to CEO podcast. This is the podcast for overwhelmed freelancers who are ready to simplify and scale their business so they can earn more and stress less. I'm your host, Aubrey Malik, and I'm a former elementary teacher who launched my own freelancing business, and now I want to share all my secrets with you. Each week, I'll be sharing business strategy, systems, and tactical tips that you can take into your business today so you can finally step into that CEO role you desire. Let's dive on into the show. Hey, Michelle, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much. It's so exciting to talk to you today. Yeah, I'm really excited to chat um, all about money. <laughs> what a what a great topic to talk about. And I know that you're going to share so much with us. But before we get into that, I would love for you just to talk a little bit about yourself, your journey, how you got into the online space. Yeah, well, you know, I had a you know really great career uh, working in the finance sector, all different places, all different areas, different countries, even. And then I had uh, took some time to have some kids, and then entered back into the workforce. That doesn't work so well with three little people, and uh, and I ended up basically kind of like being a freelance bookkeeper, really. Um, so I had some friends with some businesses and they were like, Hey, can you kind of help me here? I don't really know what I should be doing or what these numbers mean. I don't understand why I'm not making any money. And so I hopped in, started helping people. Of course, that led to more referrals to other clients. And suddenly I had a business. And then as businesses referred me to other businesses or friends in my community, I realized I had more business that I could handle. 
And at the same time, I became really interested in like personal development, business development. And I started traveling and going to conferences and events. And so then I would be meeting people. And then I was being asked to speak about money and, and entrepreneurship. So then I started getting clients from across North America. And I realized, okay, well, this is now a thing. And I better, I better find some people to help me. So now I have an amazing team of 13 people um, and they help, uh, we all help entrepreneurs across North America, anywhere from a freelancer or solopreneur, right up to companies with, I think at the most we have, uh, we have a company with about 50 staff members. So everywhere in between. And we really focus in on those business owners who are really conscious of the impact that they're creating in the world. And often uh, they're doing something they really love. They might not totally understand the numbers. And so we help them understand the numbers. We help them get clear on their money so that they can make an even bigger impact. So is your model now like more of like an agency type thing? Is that what your business looks like now? Um, well, my team are all employees. Uh, okay. So it's full service accounting, bookkeeping and business coaching company. And, and like I said, helping entrepreneurs, like we have team members in the States and in Canada. And so we're, help, we're able to help people across North America. Awesome. Okay, perfect. So money is pretty much like a hot it's either it's like a hot topic of conversation or some people will shy away from it because they're like I don't want to even think about the finances I don't want to even look at that I don't want to pay attention to that I know like my parents it's so funny my parents um, are very much still like balancing the checkbook and doing all those things and they'll make jokes like oh your generation like you don't even look at that you don't even you know keep your receipts or anything like that and, and I really wasn't, I didn't really pay too much attention to it. But then when I started actually doing a business, I realized, okay, I better either pay attention to it or find someone who's going to pay attention to it for me. And I know a lot of my listeners, like some of them are just getting started. Some of them have been in it for a little bit and they haven't really paid too close attention to it. So I would love to kind of talk about that. You know, what are some things that we should be paying attention to as we're building this business, as this business is growing when it comes to money? Um, and maybe some of those metrics that we should be looking at. Yeah, yeah. There's there are some really great metrics, and your story isn't um, that unusual, to be honest, right? Um, there's a certain generation of uh, entrepreneurs, kind of the the mid twenties until maybe forty, that kind of window there. That um, it's not really like business entrepreneurship, business financials, probably not taught in school or any kind of post-secondary education and kind of assumed that those people just would figure it out. Right. And what, what I saw was that they weren't figuring out, they were, you know, they were just ignoring it mm -hmm. and ignoring it from a place of like, I don't, I just don't know what to do. Like there's a, there's some money coming in, I'm paying my bills. It all seems to be okay. Right. So one of the things that we help people do is get clear on their profitability. So it's important to be tracking revenue for sure, right? Like we all need, if you don't have revenue, you don't have a business, right? So you need to be able to look at your revenue easily. So using software, something like QuickBooks, or, you know, maybe you use, uh, if you're a freelancer, you might be using something like HoneyBook or Dubsado, where there's 
you know, a, a contract in place and stuff like that. And then, and then what is it costing you to deliver on that, like on that service? So mm -hmm. if you're all by yourself, it's your time, right? Uh, there might be some hard costs that get sold in there. Like, I don't know if you were, if you were designing a website, you might have some costs built in for a software or um, maybe graphic design or something, but making sure you understand that, what is that cost of delivery or fulfillment? Um, and then you're over your overhead. What does it cost you to be in business? Right. Um, and the number you'll be left is your profit. Those are really important things to understand. Right. And um, as your business grows, you'll move from having um, a lot of time and probably lesser money to a place where you have more money and less time. Mm -hmm. And so the, the cash flow and the finances change as that happens. And if you're, if you're not looking at this, you're not tracking these metrics, then you're missing a piece of the story so that you can make the important business decisions that you need to make to grow your business. If you know that you're, you know, you're sitting at, you know, I don't know, just say like a $10,000 kind of cash flow in your business on a regular basis, then you know, if you can invest in, I don't know, like a Facebook ad or something, right? Mm -hmm. Instead of just going at it blindly. Yeah, that's something I definitely feel like my generation, like you said, that range, I'm, I'm right smack dab in the middle of that range. And that's something like, I never, just even something as simple as this, like I never carry cash on me. Like, it's just so easy to swipe the debit card, to swipe the card. And it's like, you don't even think about it. Like, you know, that money is leaving the account, but you're not really thinking about it because you don't have to like physically count out the money. Like, okay, now I only have this much money left in my purse and here handing it over. And that's, it's such a great point too. It's something that I think I, I put off for a while. And I think it's just, like you said, it's just a thing that we weren't really taught it. It's not really something that we've, we knew it was important, but we really didn't understand it. And so it was easy for easier for us to just push it aside and pretend it wasn't there. Totally, totally. And, and like, it's not um, like, I always tell people, like, it, it's not that I'm, I'm saying, Oh, my God, you're wrong, or you're stupid, or you're this, or you're that. It's really like, this is great data for you. Like, it's really great data for you to see what's happening in your business. And, um, and what could happen, or, you know, maybe some things you could change. We had a client come in recently, and she creates websites for people, really great websites. Um, she outsources a lot of her, like the building of the website and stuff. But, you know, like a website, say costs $10,000. She didn't really understand that from that $10,000, after you take out the cost, she only had about seven that was for her and the overhead of the business. And so then when you look at how much, do, how much money, um, does it cost you to acquire clients? Then it it kind of is like, oh, she was like, oh, you know, I just had all these sales. I just made fifty thousand dollars in sales, but then maybe only thirty thousand, like thirty thousand, is actually the money that you get to play with, right? <laughs> and and then if we take out some other overhead costs, maybe you're left with ten, and now you're wondering, well, do I even want to do this for ten thousand dollars? 
Yeah, it's it's really interesting thing too. It was also when you were talking, it was bringing up the whole, like just tracking those things, even not necessarily business-wise, but like for personal, um, which is kind of going to lead into my next question, but the subscriptions that you pay for, like now there's so many different like subscriptions and streaming things that you can do. And sometimes you're like, oh, I'll just sign up for this and I'll add this one. And then like, when I actually looked at it, I'm like, I think my husband and I were both paying for the exact same subscription, not even realizing it. And it's like, if we just sat down and like looked at what we, you know, we don't use this anymore. Okay. Let's get rid of it. Okay. Um, we only need one of these. We don't need two of them. It's really, it's an interesting thing, but speaking of like the personal things, I know something that you like to talk about too, is why it's super important to separate the business from the personal. And I think like, this will be a really great conversation because a lot of my listeners, some, some of them are like just getting started and they're like, Oh, I'm just going to try this thing. And, you know, just, I'm going to start the business and they don't think about, I have to separate things and why it's important. So I would love for you to kind of talk about that. Yeah. Well, if it depends on your business structure, right. As to how strict you need to be and the, the liability, right. So there, there's a whole piece around um, co-mingling of money and opening yourself up to um, personal liability for a business situation, right? So when you are commingling money, you basically like there's this thing called piercing the veil. And the veil is like this thing between you and your business that separates um, people be, to be able to sue a business versus sue you personally. Mm-hmm. And get access to your personal assets, right? And you, one of the ways you can pierce the veil, quote unquote, is to commingle your personal and business money. So that's around like liability. Should you ever be sued, right? But what I think is even more important is to um, take into consideration that um, even if uh, even if you're a sole proprietor right? You should have a separate bank account. It can just be in your name, doesn't matter, but it's separate. You're not paying for your groceries out of that. Because what happens if, you know, you file your taxes with the IRS and maybe they want to see something, maybe they want to review something, right? So maybe they come back to you and they say, hey, we'd like to see your receipts for your um, education and training. Uh, And so then you send them to them. They'll want to see bank statements to prove that they were actually paid and if you are co-mingling your money, meaning your business and personal expenses are coming out of the same account, you've now opened your personal tax situation to the IRS or if you're in Canada, CRA. And for, for government reviews, we only want to give them the information that they're asking for, right? We don't want to withhold information, but it just opens things up to a wider review. Now they've got your personal bank statement with business and personal in, and it looks like it's kind of maybe a little bit messy. Hmm. Let's look some more into this, right. Versus, Hey, we'd like to see your, your professional development expenses. Here's the receipt here. It is being paid out of my bank account. And it's very clear. And, and this is a business bank account, Mm -hmm. right? You're not opening yourself up to more access to you and your personal finances. Uh, When you mix the money together, there's there's a bunch of liability things. And then there's the whole kind of like IRS seeing more than they need to or CRA seeing more more than they need to. What could happen if they see more than they need to? (laughs) Is there like, 
Yeah, they might quest, who knows, right? Like they might, they might decide to do an audit. If things look really messy, you could be audited, mm-hmm. right? And so that takes a lot of time and it's going to cost you money, mm-hmm. right? So you're going to need the help of an accountant. There'll be, there may be fines or penalties depending on how, how great of records you've kept. And, and it's stressful, right? Nobody needs that. It's not, it's not difficult to keep things tidy and separate. And so it's like the best proactive approach. The other thing that you were talking about, like, I think it's, I always recommend this too, but I know that some people will put it off, like just open up the bank account, like do that. Like, but they're like, Oh, you know, they want to do all the other things. And then that becomes something that they forget to do. So I'm glad that you brought that up because I think it's important to hear that there's It's not only like logistically, you know, the money and like tracking it and making sure, you know, like really what is the business doing? Not like what is, you know, the business and personal doing, but from the, from the legal standpoint, but I I have some people who are not in that beginner stage. They're in that stage of the business is doing well. Like maybe they've been in it for a year, the money's coming in, but they really, they don't know what they should be doing so that they can really step into like the, the title of the podcast, freelancer to CEO. How do they step in from someone who's just a freelancer? Um, and I don't mean that by anything, you know, negative, but someone who's a freelancer and now they really want to scale the business. They want to step into the CEO role. What should we be measuring if we are doing that transition? Yeah. So, so really important to make sure that you have accurate detailed financial records. And so if Moving into a CEO role in your business, you're going to need some support. You need a really good bookkeeper is what you need, right? Mm -hmm. You, it's not the best use of your time um, to be doing your own bookkeeping at that point in business. Uh, And bookkeepers aren't that expensive. It's probably the greatest ROI on your, on that couple of hundred bucks a month. Right. Um, So, so you need that in place. And then, they're going and you want to ensure that you're getting very detailed financial records. So you want your revenue streams broken out, not just one lump sum sales or, or even sometimes I have clients who come in and they'll have the sales broken out by currency. It doesn't matter what currency it is like, especially freelancers because they do business all over the world. Right. Um, it doesn't matter the currency. What matters is the revenue stream. Like if you, I don't know, I'll use the website building company as an example. If you build websites, you do copywriting and you have a maintenance program, um, then those are three different revenue streams. And you want to see those numbers broken out every month. Uh, And you want to see that because as a CEO, you want to understand how much money comes from a revenue stream how much it costs to acquire those clients for that revenue stream. And it also will lead into the client lifetime value calculation, right? So if somebody comes in and they bought, they purchase a you know website build off of you and they end up, oh, well, then they got copywriting and then they got, now the website's all done and now they're on a monthly maintenance package. The cost to acquire that client is significantly less when the lifetime value is longer. Right. Versus somebody who just comes in and buys a $10,000 website and that's it. They're all done. Right. Right. So we want to understand the, the, that cost. And we also want to understand, you know, how much money is coming in for what service and you even like that, right? Like, do you even like, like, do you want to continue to do that? 
And, and this is funny. We had last year, I was working with a client and she had a couple of different services and one of them had involved like a VIP day kind of situation. And she was like, I don't really like doing those. It's a lot of pressure. It's just too much. I get really stressed out. I want to over deliver. I feel like I don't. I'm like, okay, so you could not do that, but that actually made up nearly $200,000 last year. So that's fine. But what are you going to do if you want your revenue to stay the same? What are you going to do to make up that $200,000? Mm-hmm. If you didn't have those broken out, you wouldn't know how much the, like the value of that service is, right? right. So really important um, information. And then again, um, the number that I really like clients to be able to get to is what I call real revenue. So this is the revenue less the cost of delivery or cost of fulfillment or cost of goods sold, some people would call it. So that would include um, any kind of contractors to deliver the service or product, um, the maybe the processing fees, like the credit card processing fees, if there's any software that's directly related to the delivery of the product or service. And when you take those costs out of the revenue, you're left with a number that I call real revenue. In accounting, they call gross profit, right? My clients they don't really resonate with accounting language. Neither do I, but so we call it real revenue. This is the money that uh, you have to use in the business. And that's an important number to know, right? Because that's what it, that's, what's accessible to you for overhead to pay yourself, to um, invest in any like uh, investment you want to make, whether that's machinery or equipment or professional development, whatever it is. Um, and so you'll really want to understand what that real revenue number is. That's really important to it. I, I talk about it a lot with the data piece, as far as like their marketing goes, because a lot of times it's finding the clients. And so I'm looking at, okay, like, where are you spending your time marketing your business? And then I'm like, okay, of those places you're spending your time, where, where are the numbers in like last month? Like how many clients did you bring in from this? And it's looking at those things and it's like, most of your clients are coming from this platform, but you're spending a lot of your time trying to get clients over here and not a lot of them are, you know, coming in. So what would happen if we could just maybe take those out for now or stop spending so much time there and take that time and pour it into the place that's actually um, bringing in the clients for you, which is going to obviously increase the revenue. But it was, you were talking about that VIP day and I was having on one of my coaching calls, I was talking with one of my students. She was really trying to push the VIP days. And I'm like, well, okay, well, how much, you know, revenue is coming in? How many clients have you signed it for the VIP days? And she's like, well, none. It's like, okay, well, where are you actually signing the clients? And she was talking about these things. And it's like, well, you know, maybe it's not spending so much time trying to push these things. They're not really, that's not really what's resonating with your audience. Think about if you could actually, so I love that you talked about really, I didn't even think about it from that perspective is really breaking it down by service, by package that they're offering. So you can actually look at that data and make decisions based on, what the data is not what you want it to be or what you're feeling at the time, like make those informed decisions. Yeah, for sure. Right. And as I would encourage people to get as detailed as they possibly can. So even if you are, um, you know, you can break out a, a bigger kind of chunk of revenue into some smaller bits of information, that's really useful as well. Um, you know, so we work with a lot of coaches and, you know, they'll have say a one-on-one coaching 
and group program. But then it's like, okay, well, group is that three month group, six month group, year long group, membership, like, let's break that out a little bit more. The, the numbers don't lie, right? Like, there, and there's no judgment on them, right? Like, they're just there. And, and you don't have to create a meaning around a number, right? Like, I always tell people that, like, this, we're not creating a meaning here. All we're doing is looking at all of the awesomeness that's come into your business. Where does it come from? And how do you feel about generating that money and do more of what you enjoy doing? Because mm-hmm. that's where the money will come easy, right? Instead of like pushing the boulder up the hill for the VIP day that maybe nobody wants to buy. Right. <laughs> well, yeah, too. And I think sometimes that's why, like you said, numbers don't lie. And I think that's maybe one one of the reasons why, you know, like I said, I can lump myself into this generation that feels this way too. But maybe that's sometimes why we like to avoid it is because like, if it's there, if the numbers are there, like it's in black and white, we can't, you know, there's no tiptoeing around it. There's no, well, you know, maybe it's like, nope, it's there. And that's, that's yeah, the cold yeah. hard truth. Like <laughs> totally. It, it is it, like, they don't lie. It's there. It's in black and white. And I always, like I said, encourage people not to create a meaning from the number. So we don't need to have judgment on it. Right. Like we don't have, need to say, oh my God, I'm such a waste of space. I should have done better or, or anything like that. Or this didn't work. Obviously I'm an idiot or, you know, whatever it is, right. We don't have to do that. All we have to do is look at it and go, oh, okay, well, this is what happened. And then from the place of knowing what's happened, right. Like looking at a profit and loss statement, you're looking at history, right. There's nothing you can do about it. Um, it's historical information. However, what we can do is take that information and forecast out into the future. Mm-hmm. And that's where it gets fun, right? To kind of like experiment with, oh, I wonder what would happen if I did this, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just did that with my coach. It was, and again, it was one of those things where it's like, I'm putting it off because it's like, you got to, we got you, we had to look at the numbers and we had to see, okay, realistically, because you get into business and it's like, of course, once you, once you get into this online space and you realize like, there are a lot of possibilities. Like I know for me being a former teacher, like I knew what my salary was going to be for the year, no matter how hard I worked or how many extra hours I put in, like that's what I was making. Um, and I, you know, each year I was only going to get a certain percentage increase and everybody, like, you know, I, I knew what that looked like for me. And when you get into the online space, it's like, well, there's, there's a few, there's some possibilities out there. There's a, you know, a little bit more wiggle room, so to speak. And it's easy to get into that thing of, you know, oh, I, you know, I want six figures or, oh, I want to be making this month, this much each month. But like, is that realistic with what you're doing? Is that possible? Like sometimes if in order to reach that, it's you, when you break it down by month, by client, by package, whatever it is that you're selling, like, is that a realistic thing for you? And what is it going to take? Like you were saying to like really thinking out into the future and thinking, what's it going to take for us to, to get to that? Yeah, because there is a, a point in your business that I experience personally where um, you're, you're building a team and then all of a sudden your salary, like your access to money drops, right? Because now you have other people and, and you have to consider those other people. And so as businesses grow, the most important piece is to make sure that your payroll isn't outpacing your profit. And by payroll, it doesn't have to just be employees. It could be contractors, right? Mm-hmm. But you really got to keep an eye on that. And it's a it's a it's just a reality of growing business. It, as you bring on team members, your overhead goes up. 
your cost, your profit goes down. Um, and usually you have to look at your price point, right? Um, it's important to look at your price point. Yeah. And that was something that a lot of uh, my my students in my community, they'll be talking about like, oh, I'm booked out. Should I be hiring someone to help me? And in addition to like, okay, well, that's cut now. That's going to be cutting into your profit too. I always remind them too, that it's like, it does take, you know, like right now it's just you and it's just you that you are managing. It does take more time and effort to bring someone on too. So you have to look at it. Like, do you have the capacity to do that? And also too, like, if you bring this person on, where does that put you with your prices, like to bring someone on to take work off your plate, but it, like maybe that means that your monthly income is going to go down and is that where you want it to be? So great mm-hmm. point. Yeah, yeah, all good stuff. And again, just to remind people, the numbers, they tell a story, but they're not telling a story about you, right? Good, good point. Well, Michelle, I've totally appreciated everything that you've shared uh, today. Definitely opened my eyes to some things that I'd definitely, I know that like, again, it's one of those things where it's like, I don't want to do it, but I know that it's a part of the process and and being a business and being a smart business owner too. So I appreciate that. Um, I'd love for you to share where my listeners can come learn more about you and come hang out with you if they're um, interested in maybe, you know, pursuing some kind of, I know you talked about like hiring a bookkeeper, taking that next step. So I'd love for you to share where we can learn more about that. Yeah, they can uh, check us out at alchemyaccounting.ca or Facebook, Instagram, same thing, Alchemy Accounting. I do have a great little uh, guidebook on my website uh, called The Three Financial Truths Every Business Owner Needs to Know. Really good key points for business owners. uh, And it's obviously free. What, what we do know across the board is that money problems or challenges is often ranked the number one source of stress, stress for entrepreneurs. And in, within that comes lack of profitability. So you can get the guidebook um, and it'll teach you how to increase your profits, decrease your stress, and keep yourself out of trouble with the tax man. <laughs> That's always a good goal, right? Right. <laughs> always a good goal. It's like, cross your fingers, everything looks good. So, right. Well, thank you, <laughs> thank you again, Michelle. We'll link all of that up in the show notes so that uh, my listeners can go grab that. But I really appreciate you coming on and sharing everything with us today. Yeah, perfect, awesome. Thank you for so much for having me. Thank you for choosing to spend some time with me today. I appreciate you so much. If you haven't yet, I would love it if you would leave me a review on iTunes and share this episode in your Instagram stories and tag me. By sharing and reviewing, you can help spread the message so we can reach more entrepreneurs who are ready to scale their business to new heights. I will see you in the next episode.